What's up, guys? Chris Avery with you on a special episode of Chargers Weekly. You're probably listening to this from home. I hope everybody's hanging in okay, staying safe. We're taping this on a Sunday evening. Just received word that NFL free agency is scheduled to go off without any delays. And earlier today, the NFL players, they agreed to ratify a new collective bargaining agreement. It brings us labor peace through 2030. And to walk us through the key points a little bit later, Daniel Kaplan of The Athletic. But first, we bring in NFL Media's Judy Batista. All right, very pleased to be joined by Judy Batista of NFL Media. And Judy, it's been a uh, very uncertain times over the last few days. Uh, a lot of news on Sunday. We have a new collective bargaining agreement. The players ratified it today. Uh, just your overall thoughts on what's in the deal. We have 10 years of labor peace, essentially. Yeah, we actually have 11 years. Because 11 we years. We have year from, from the last deal. Um, although, you know, it passed really narrowly. 60 votes. Uh, so that's how, how I think the deep the divisions were in the union. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of pushback against the deal, especially by some very high-profile players, Aaron Rodgers, Richard Sherman, Russell Wilson. Um, you know, so I think probably on the union side, they probably had a little repair work to do internally. But what it means is, you know, uninterrupted football for 11 years. Um, the deal was really geared toward the sort of middle class football player, not the superstar player, the guys who play on minimum salaries. And that's uh, estimated to be about 60 to 65 percent of the players on rosters. So it would make sense that the deal um, got passed. I, you know, you mentioned what uncertain times this is. I think that actually played a role in pushing this over the finish line because certainly. You know, when we all left the combine and this was first going to the players for a vote, the sense was it would pass because those sort of middle class players would would vote, you know, with their own wallets and push it through. And then in the middle of the voting, it, there was a real momentum swing toward no, um, because those very high profile players are really pushing back against it and they have a great deal of influence. Um but, you know, the events of the last week to 10 days with um, the wild fluctuations in the stock market and, of course, the coronavirus shutting down other sports, um, I think really drove people back to the idea of we better take this deal while it's available. Tweeted something to that effect earlier this week where he said, you know, we have a chance to get economic certainty in a time of great uncertainty. And, and I really think that it was that idea that this over the finish line. And there's so many things in this agreement. And let's just start with something that's going to go into effect this year. Seven playoff teams now. So you have seven teams right. from the AFC and NFC. And if I'm not mistaken, only one team gets a bye now, correct? Incredibly important now to try to get that bye. Um, so that's going in this year. And then the other stuff that's in you know, in the deal for this year that they're going to start this year is right away minimum salary guys are going to get raises um, this year, and that was obviously important. Um, and then, of course, in a few years, the, the league will have the right to go to 17 games, and they certainly will go to 17 games. That's going to happen in conjunction with the new television contracts that are being negotiated or will be negotiated now at the earliest. They have the window to expand to 17 games is between 2021 and 2023. So that is the huge, obviously, with the huge stumbling block for a lot of players, um, 17 games. And that was something that was really important to owners because that is expected to drive 
those television contracts way up. Um, uh, and as, as depending on how far up they go, the players will get a little bit more percentage wise. Um, they will get 48.5% if the contracts go up 60%. It's possible they go even higher, 48.8%, depending on what the contracts deliver. So, um, you know, that's the next sort of thing to watch is what the television contracts are going to look like. But 17 games is on the horizon. They put some things. Uh, in the contract to try to minimize the wear and tear of that. They're going to increase the roster size by a few spots, increase the size of the practice squad, um, reduce the number of padded practice in training camp, um, and then put a cap on how many padded practices you can have in the regular season, even when it goes to 17 games. So they're going to try to mitigate the wear and tear. You know, we're going to have to see how it goes. That was obviously a big concern for players. So the 17 games, obviously it's an odd number. How are they going to dictate how many home games and away games that you get? Is that going to alternate annually? Yeah, that hasn't been figured out yet, actually. Um, the, the most recent thing that they're playing around with is it would alternate by conference. So, you know, one year the AFC would get the uh, extra home game and the next year the NFC would, but that's not set in stone yet. For a while during negotiations, there was a thought you know, could you maybe play the 17th game on a neutral field? Would that maybe be an international game for everybody? But those ideas seem to have fallen by the wayside. So we'll see what they come up with. But that has not um, been set yet. And, you know, again, they've got a few years to, to figure that out because it's not going to start. 17 games won't start this year and probably won't even start in 2021. So they got a little time to figure that out. And you mentioned the roster sizes. I think this is important because it goes to 46 to 48 players. But you have to have a minimum of eight offensive linemen on game day, if I'm not mistaken. How did they come to that? Correct. Um, you know, that's a big concern is having extra offensive linemen. Like, I mean, I think we've all covered games where right, people sort of run out of linemen. Um, so that was a, a big thing, um, you know, increasing the roster size. I, I have no doubt that the union probably hopes to increase the roster size even more. They're getting more spots on the practice squad. It's a little complicated. You can also bring guys up from the practice squad um, and keep them active. So um, there, there's the bottom line is there are going to be more players available on game day, and that's the important part, obviously. Judy, with so much uncertainty over the last few days, what are you hearing about free agency? I know a, a lot of things can be done over a computer or a telephone, yeah. but I have to imagine, especially with this new CBA being ratified, there's so many things going on in such a short period of time right now. Yeah, well, actually, you know, here we are talking on uh, Sunday evening, and um, they just sent out a memo from the league office to the team saying free agency is going to open. The league year is going to start on time on Wednesday afternoon, so buckle up. Um, I think there was a lot of pent-up stuff um, that we're going to see unleashed now because teams were waiting to see what the rules were going to be. There were different rules in place that the CBA did not get approved. Um, so now that everything is in place, I think we're, we're, we already sort of saw it this afternoon, this sort of flood of rule of um, deals, right? Ryan Tannehill got an extension. So, you know, I think we're going to see a real flood of, franchise tags and all of that. They have the franchise tag by tomorrow. So uh, I, I think things are going to move very quickly. And and then you're going to have this sort of bananas free agency because there's so many quarterbacks available, mm. uh, you know, headlined, of course, by Tom Brady, uh, which is, I mean, it's crazy how many top-level 
uh, quarterbacks are on the market, unprecedented. And so that just adds, obviously, an extra bit of luster to free agency that we just, you know, I, I the only thing I can compare it to is the year that Peyton Manning was a free agent, right? And we were all tracking his movements for a few days. Um, and I suspect that's what this is going to be like the next few days. Yeah, there's going to be so many big dominoes that need to fall. And then when you consider the schedule release, we don't know where the marquee quarterbacks are going to be at this point. So that puts another right. wrinkle in just the, the schedule release. And then, oh, by the way, we're supposed to have an NFL draft in Las Vegas, and we don't know what's going to happen with that at this point. Yeah, we don't really know. Beyond free agency opening, we don't really know more about how things are going to unfold this offseason because there is so much uncertainty. Certainly, I think most people in the league think that the start of the off-season programs is going to have to be pushed back. Um, it, you know, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the draft. Certainly, they've got a little bit of time to, to wait and see, but not much. You know, maybe another week. I mean, we already saw the Masters postponed, and the Masters happens right before the draft. So, um, I, you know, I suspect it's hard to imagine that they're going to be able to have the sort of big extravaganza for the draft like we've seen in recent years, with the huge gatherings of fans, it's just hard to imagine that that's going to be okay, um, you know, in only a week. Um, so they're going to have to come up with whatever solution they're going to come up with with the draft, uh, you know, wherever they're going to do it and whatever kind of um, setting they're going to have it in. Uh, and, and, you know, I, look, I think they're trying to figure it out just like everybody else is trying to figure everything out, just like you're seeing local government officials trying to figure out what to do about closing their schools. I mean, the NFL is trying to figure out how to conduct its business, just just like everybody else. And they're sort of, you know, as they go along, they're having to make decisions um, on what to do. And, you know, certainly I think everybody expects that the draft is going to have to be adjusted in some way. Um, and we'll just have to wait and see. Well, everybody's adjusting. I know there's so many people working from home. I know that that free agency is going to be different for a lot of teams and and really these players too because these visits, they're not going to happen like they've happened in the past. These physicals are not going to happen right away, right? Yeah, and that's actually, you know, a lot of team executives were sort of saying this in the the last few days when it became clear that like traveling was not probably not something you were going to want to do. Like, how are they going to do that? You know, for the top, top level free agents, right? Like a Tom Brady, you don't have to take a trip, right? Like they're not, flying around yeah you know um, the deal you know the deal but the mid-level guys who take trips right and teams want to bring them in and talk to them and see what they're all about how does that work i mean are they just going to do these visits like by skype i like nobody quite knows what to do and then as you know all of these deals are contingent on passing a physical how's that going to work you know is, is, are you going to put the guy on a plane or are you going to fly him by private plane to your facility are you just going to make the deal contingent on a physical whenever that happens? And that means the deal is not official, which theoretically means players or the team could back out of it. I mean, there are so many um, unknowns here about how they're going to proceed that they're going to have to figure out as they go along. But again, the memo went out tonight that free agency is opening on time. So they've got to figure it out. And that's the thing too, Judy, we're talking now, in an hour or two hours. And believe me, I'm getting this podcast up ASAP so we can we can inform folks on what what happened today. But things are so fluid at this moment yeah. that we don't know what's happening in the sports world, the NFL world, and really the country in general. Yeah, I think at the start of today, most people around the league thought they would push back free agency. I mean, really, most 
people when you talk to said, well, they're, you know, it's probably not going to start right away. And, you know, they'll take a few weeks. Um, and, you know, here we are, they're starting it. So, yes, things are changing, um, you know, by hourly. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think the only certainty we have right now is free agency is going to open and pretty much nothing after that. Again, you, you know, we don't know when off-season programs are going to start. Um, we certainly don't know things like, you know, rookie mini camps. I mean, we just have yeah. no idea what's going to be possible, um, you know, and what people are going to be comfortable with. I mean, look, you know, you're working from home. I'm in a hotel right now, but I, I will be working from home after free agency is over. So um, a lot of teams have sent their staff home um, for the most part. You know, they don't want people in their buildings either. So uh, it, it's unknown. And who knows how long everything is going to have to be that way. So, uh, again, they're, you know, they're sort of making it up as they go along, just like a lot of people are. No doubt. Now, Judy, you're going to be on NFL Network this week. Uh, where can we find you? We have free agency frenzy, which is basically all day. <laughs> and uh, starting tomorrow, it actually started today with a few hours of it. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, free agency frenzy. I know how At busy least it'll you be are. something new to watch. Yes. It'll be something new to watch. I know, I know NFL fans are, are excited to see which players are coming to their teams and on all the movement around the league. And I think it brings a lot of uh, reprieve to people um, in, in the sports world. And uh, I know that everyone's going to be watching Free Agency Frenzy on Monday. Judy Batista, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Great to talk to you. All right, very pleased to bring in sports business reporter Daniel Kaplan of The Athletic. And Dan, it's been a uh, an unprecedented past three or four days when we just talk about the sports world in general. Before we get into the CBA, just your reaction to the entire sports world shutting down as a sports business reporter. Well, um, ironically, as a sports business reporter, it almost gives me an untapped amount of stories to write about what, what, what happens to revenues, what happens to contracts, you know, what uh, CBS you know, has paid a lot of money to televise the Masters, to televise the NCAA tournament. How is that going to pan out? Uh, you know, obviously, same same questions with the NBA, the NHL, different networks. So, ironically, as a sports business reporter, there's a lot to write about. It's the it's the reporters who cover the teams. They've uh, they've really they've got their work cut out for them in terms of what they're going to write about with no games. Well, Dan, we woke up this morning not knowing what was going to happen with this new collective bargaining agreement. It passes by just a, a narrow, narrow margin. Your overall reaction to how it passed and how, how close the margin was, and then just what's in it in general. Well, I was surprised it was so narrow. I realized it was controversial, and the board of player reps narrowly passed, passed it and, and sent it on to full membership. But because it, it's raising minimum salaries uh, and 60 to 65 percent of NFL players are in the minimum, I, I figured, well, they would it, it would pass easily as we as you as you said, it did not pass easily. It was, I believe, about 51 and a half percent to 48 and a half percent. It needed a simple majority to pass. So the reason it was so controversial is largely because of the 17th game. Uh, if the those who are against it feel if the NFL is serious about health and safety, they wouldn't be adding a game to the regular season. But it was a non-negotiable item for the league, and the NFLPA decided to try to get 
concessions from the league on other matters like minimum salaries. And here we are. There's a 17th game, not starting this season, this coming season, but as perhaps as early as 2021. So with that 17th game, teams only have three preseason games now. And you said this doesn't go into effect this year. It may not even be next year, but it's probably coming sooner than later. One of the things that is coming into play, I briefly touched on this with Judy, is just the seven playoff teams. That's going into effect this year. Uh, as someone who's covered the league and it's been 32 teams, six playoff teams from each conference, how different is this going to be for you to see seven playoff teams with only one team getting a bye? Well, I, it's different for everybody, clearly. And obviously the, the team that gets the bye will now have an even greater advantage uh, uh, than before. But uh, look, it's, it's not a, other than the, the second team losing the bye, I'm not sure it's a, a tremendous difference. There's an, ex, an extra game, a couple of extra games we get to see. Uh, clearly, there'll be uh, more revenue coming in from the broadcasters who will jump at the chance to show more NFL playoff games. So uh, it, it's different for fans, it's different for the media, different for the players. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, in terms of the percent of teams that make the playoffs, it's not, a, it's not, it's not greatly different from any of the, any of the other leagues. Roster sizes, they also increase from 46 to 48 players, but you have to have a minimum of eight offensive linemen. How big of a deal was this for the players to have those roster sizes increase on that practice squad? Well, the increases on the practice squad and increases on the general roster, um, but uh, it was a key, key, key point for the NFLPA that they wanted roster sizes to increase especially if you were going to have a 17th game for health and safety reasons. Uh, and when I said earlier that the, the NFLPA conceded the 17th game point, uh, they did so knowing that they could perhaps extract concessions from the owners, and this, this was one of them. Practices, too. I know that was one of your 10 takeaways. And by the way, if you haven't seen this, Dan, you have a, a piece up on The Athletic today uh, 10 important changes in the new NFL CBA. Very informative for fans that want to learn more about this because it's such a robust deal. I think you mentioned it's 439 pages. This is just some of the key takeaways that you took. But uh, if you could maybe expound on the practices and, and how that changes. Sure. I mean, it, it's not the number of practices per se. It's the number of padded practices. And obviously the one of the key gripes of players is that the they get beat up in practices. Um, the NFL, the NFL's concussion statistics have shown that, uh, especially uh, that there's an inordinate number of concussions in practices. If they can reduce those, that would go a long way for health and safety uh, concerns. That, that that said, it's it's hard to look at that and say, well, that makes up for the 17th game. Nothing is like a game, and um, I, I, I'm I'm of the opinion that. The league never should have added a 17th game if they truly care about health and safety issues. Revenue sharing goes up from 47 to 48%. It could go up as much as 48.5%. And when you couple the, the fact that these network deals are, are going to be in play over the next couple of years, this is a big piece of the pie for the players, no? Potentially, yes. I mean, obviously now given everything going on with the economy, uh, with coronavirus, uh, the, the, it, we, it's probably not the right time for the league to jump in on the media rights negotiations 
and, and actually it could go as high as 48.8%. That would be if the league negotiated 120% increase in, in the media rights deals. But that being said, it, it, when you're expecting $200 billion over the course of the 10, 11 years, perhaps more, you know, a one, one and a half percent increase is a, is a lot of money. Daniel, I want to get you out of here on this. Your reaction to just having free agency a little bit different this year. Obviously, there, there's mm-hmm. not going to be the physicals. There's not going to be the visits that we're used to seeing. A lot of the stuff, you're working from home. I'm working from home. I got a portable podcast studio right now as we take this on a Sunday night. Um, how is this week going to be different for NFL teams knowing that you're not going to be able to bring these guys into the building this week? Well, I, I suppose it's going to be very different like this week will and future weeks will be for all of us. Um, I'm, I'm working from home. My kids are home from school. There'll be remote learning, as the, the new catchphrase is, starting next week. Uh, and, I, and for NFL players and for the teams, it'll be remote. I guess you can't quite do remote physicals, but uh, everything else will be remote and it'll be a, a different free agency period. Uh, and it's not just free agency. It'll be interesting to see if the early camps in April, if those are held. Uh, the CDC today recommended for the next eight weeks, no gatherings of 50 or more people. That, that, that could put a crimp in early camps. And then obviously for the NFL draft, it's very hard to see the NFL draft going off as planned in Las Vegas. And I would expect a decision by the league, but at least by the end of the week, what they're going to do with the draft in Vegas. Dan, we're living hour by hour these days. Uh, I'm sure you're going to have a lot to cover. You mentioned at the top that uh, you're going to have no shortage of, of stories. What are you working on? What do you think we can see from you in the next week or so? Well, I want to do a story before the NFL decides on what they're going to do on the draft contingency plans. Or what, what, are, what are some of the options? Do they make it a studio show? Do they just put it in a ballroom in Vegas? Do they, um, you know, do they do the a phone bank where people where the team just call in. Uh, what 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 do, what do they do? Um, that's that's a that's a key that's a key question. I'm I'm looking at so plans around the draft. That's a that's a key focus for this week. Daniel Kaplan of the Athletic does great work. If you don't have a subscription to the Athletic, you got to get one. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of important stories being told over the next several weeks. Dan Kaplan, really appreciate your time tonight, and uh, wish you all the best. I wish you all the best. Thank you. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. A big thanks to Daniel and Judy for joining me. And, of course, thanks to you all for listening. We're going to have you covered all week long here on the Chargers Podcast Network with free agency, the draft, and any other news that may come about. Appreciate you guys listening. Like I said at the top, stay safe, stay at home, and until next time, I'm Chris Harry.